Welcome to The Real Photo Show. So this episode's going to be a little different, and I'm hoping to do a few more like this, and that is a bit shorter in time, but also a bit more connected to what's going on in the world right now. So my first guest in this, I guess, mini-series, maybe, is Eric Kunzman. Uh, and Eric is an incredible artist and technician with boundless energy involved in so many projects. And I will have a, a full episode with Eric uh, down the road when I have a little more time on my hands. But for this show, we're going to talk about his most recent project called the Fake News Archive Project and its social media component called the Unglued Rebroadcast News Event, which is something you should definitely check out at the fakenewsarchiveproject.com, which is linked in the show. And Eric is providing an incredible amount of material that he has created for the past four years during Donald Trump's presidency, actually before the inauguration. So Eric will explain what this very massive project is all about and the different forms that it takes from galleries, books, and PDFs that you can download from the website. But at the heart of the show is a series of almost daily screenshots for the past four years of major news headlines. And that's really what this archive project is about. It's about the way the media has been infatuated with Donald Trump and the way the administration has responded with accusations of fake news and just how inundated and overwhelmed we've been with so many headlines and so many stories from moment to moment, it becomes impossible to keep track or to pay proper attention to any one story. So what Eric has done is he created searchable documents so you can find the story or stories that mattered to you most over the past four years. And then you can make your own screen captures of those headlines and post them on your own social media. And there's a whole list of hashtags and keywords that you can use when you're posting so that you help to create your own archive of what has happened in the past four years. And maybe one of the more interesting parts of this project is it's not exactly what you think it's going to be. Uh, I could imagine listening to this introduction that you're expecting this to be a kind of anti-Donald Trump collection of news. And I know I probably have a, a fairly progressive audience. And believe me, if you go through the headlines, there's plenty of infuriating things that will reaffirm your understanding of what the last four years have been like. But it's really more about the media and the way they've covered things. And what Eric is trying to do is just present this snapshot in time, uh, this sort of inundation of news that we've had, and then to allow you to sort through that news and maybe just highlight the things that were most impactful for you. All right, just one note before we get started. Uh, I have a new website for the JKC Gallery. It's jkcgallery.online. Yes, it's a .online site. Uh, it was surprisingly inexpensive, and I really like that it creates this sort of a separate place, separate entity for the gallery for our virtual events. Our first event will be bringing back Third Thursdays, which is an artist talk we started back in the spring semester before it all got shut down. It is moderated by Heather Palasek and Habib Suab, and their guests will be Christopher Davis and Kevin Hoth. It will be a Zoom artist talk, and you can register for it at jkcgallery.online. All right, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Enjoy the show, and we will talk soon. 
Greg Kunzman. <laughs> How are you doing, Michael? All right. It's been a while, of course, since we've seen each other, but I think the last time we, we did actually see each other in person was at the Rust Belt Biennial. Could that be right? Actually, SPE right during the start of COVID this oh, year yeah. in Houston. Oh my God. I know. Oh it's God, it's forgettable at this time. <laughs> It's crazy how much how time just sort of zipped by in a weird, stressful way. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. We actually had some, a really lovely time at SPE. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, I think you know because you know, of, of course, I want to do a, a full show with you at some point, but um, there's a, a time sensitive project that we want to talk about today, and I I want to do a bunch of um, shorter pieces on getting out the vote and getting people involved and, and getting out any information and and also what what artists are doing um, you know up through the uh, November election and and their part about informing people. So we'll uh, we'll do a, a longer trip down memory lane <laughs> later on, but just to give people a a, a little bit of our background. Uh, we both um, have occupied the same job at Mercer County Community College, and that is the coordinator of photo. I uh, took over when you left, and I think even more importantly, you took over uh, after Lou Draper was at Mercer. Yes, and actually I'd attended Mercer, and Lou was one of my faculty members, and I think you know, I still cite that he's my biggest mentor towards my work, even more than any other faculty member I had at RIT, which is where I went after Wow. I studied at Mercer. That's right. Yeah. Um, and you were instrumental, of course, in putting together a book that I still sell at the JKC Gallery on Lou Draper, which you did with uh, the help of Gary Soretsky and I think uh, Lou's sister, Nell Draper, right? And the Kamonge group. Is that right? It was really Gary Zaretsky, John Sinkiskis, and the Kamonge group. Um, Nell came into the mm. picture a little bit later on. Um, but it was really going up to Kamonji, working with the members, and actually we would go around, put up photocopies, and literally push in votes. So it was really a collaborative process, which is what Kamonji was ultimately, which Lou was one of the founding members of. Um, so it was a great experience. I mean, it was an incredible experience hearing stories of Lou from these individuals. Yeah. So uh, for those who, who don't know, Lou Draper was a civil rights era photographer, but much more than that, even that because he kept photographing right through up until his, the time of his death. And um, he has a, a huge retrospective going on now at the Virginia Fine Arts Museum, uh, which is, I think, about to come down. But then it's traveling to the Guggenheim and other places, right? Yes, other museums. And it's actually um, Louis Draper working with Kimonji, I believe is the exact title. And they've been putting on a lot of different mm. um, lectures. They will all be available to be viewed on Virginia uh, Museum of Fine Arts website in the future. So you can learn a lot more about Kamonji and that group, yeah. as well as Lou yeah. Draper. So, uh, I, like I said, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll dive deeper into all that, and of course, yep. your work and and your background and all. But but yeah, so let let's talk about what we're here to talk about. And that is the uh, the fake news archive project, and it's a it's a multifaceted project. But what you're asking right now is is an event called Unglued. Uh, you're, what you're asking for uh, people to do is share the work you've been doing on their social media sites, right? Absolutely. And really the reason is, is we've forgotten about so much over the past three and a half years. The archive that I've <laughs> created is always going to be free access online for individuals because I want to make sure everyone has access no matter where you are economically. I know some people say, well, not everybody has access to a website. Um, but there will be books, and that's what's actually in another exhibition. 
But the main point of it is allowing people to go through and remember the events that we've forgotten over the past three and a half years. Even though it's titled Fake News Archive Project, it's really a survey on multiple news media. And because it has that survey aspect to it, you really start to look at the events. And I'm just hoping that people participate, Mm. take the screenshots. And there's a full-fledged of instructions, which I'm sure we will talk about. But the idea is just allowing individuals to talk about what is important to their values, what's important to what's happened in our history, and allow them to repost that on their social media channels. Yeah, so let's uh, let's, let's paint a little word picture of what this all looks like. Like, like I said, uh, you know, if you go on the on the website, which I'll link to in the show, there's multiple pieces to this. There, there is a gal- There are gallery installations. There is video. There is a book. But you know, this part of it, it has to do with the screen captures from your phone. And so when you look at the, the PDFs or you look at it online, the, 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 the materials you're providing, what you get is almost a, a day-by-day breakdown, year-by-year, uh, screenshots of headlines from your phone, right? So yeah, the entire thing, I should really go back to why I started this project. I think it'll make a little bit more sense for your listeners, Sure. which is my son was in first grade during the 2016 election. And what happened was we never talked politics to him. I mean, he was a first grader, six years old. And we came home that they were going to run a mock election because the kids had stopped playing on the playground. They stopped playing kickball, soccer, whatever, and they were debating about Hillary versus Trump. And so the principal decided to run a mock election to bring, let them have a voice. And we asked my son, who are you going to vote for? And he said, Trump. And we asked him why. And he said, well, Hillary's going to make China great again. We said, where did you hear this? And he replied, (laughs) TV. Frightening moment. (laughs) It was frightening. And that's where my in-laws are very far right. I tend to be in the middle. It really depends on the issues. I, you know, definitely left leaning. So that's why we decided that we need to actually talk to him about politics where we never planned on talking to a six-year-old about politics. And we need to explain because we realized where he saw it was when we were watching the Philadelphia Eagles the next week and that exact commercial came on. And that's when we knew. And that was kind of one of those things I realized I need to kind of really record the history of what's happening a little bit more. And that's where it really started with just recording CNN because that's what was being attacked the most. Um, And that was really only meant to be an archive to show my son in the future what we had been talking about. And that's why it's not every day when it first starts out, it grows. Mm-hmm. This entire project has developed. Yeah, I've been looking at it online and it is. It's quite massive in, in scope of the amount of material that you've collected over these past almost four years. And you mentioned how it, politically you're kind of middle of the road, left leaning. And I think I think what I found interesting about this is this isn't this isn't trying to you know beat Trump supporters over the head. This there's it feels very neutral what you've accumulated. It feels like an historical snapshot of our time, uh, you know, less so than some kind of um, uh, a political campaign, right? Absolutely. And that's why I made sure it's titled, uh, if you actually look at the books, they're titled Fake News, A Historical Archive of the Donald J. Trump Presidency. Um, And the idea with that, and I really kind of realized that it was more of a neutral archive, when my father-in-law, who literally only watches Fox News, and I'm not putting him down for that, but and he'll watch a Syracuse basketball game once in a while. <laughs> and he came over for Christmas Eve, and I accidentally left volume one and volume two out in my photo library. And he picked up, he goes, what is this? And I'm like, oh no, I'm in deep trouble. And he opened <laughs> it, 
And he goes, oh, wow, this is really great. I mean, you look at the events and you see how each news channel was covering it. I'm like, oh, my God, if it's going to work on if it's he understands yeah. it at 84 years old, off the boat Italian gentleman who's only been a Republican his entire life and works for the Republican Party, mm-hmm. then this is neutral. And that's when it really right. made me realize that I want to get it out to more people. In fact, in some ways, I think it's more critical in the, of the media as in terms of a, uh, an artistic look at something because I think it also highlights the kind of infatuation of, you know, so, so if you believe Trump is, is a bombastic person, which I think is empirically true, you, uh, there's, an, there's also this, you know, this media infatuation with Donald Trump as well. And, you know, they in some ways allow him to suck all the air out of a room um, in the way they cover him. And, and so as you look at it and you see all the headline after headline after headline, you know, if you put your own politics aside, I think you can even see a, a critical look at the media. Absolutely. I mean, you're really able to see how the different media is covering the different events. And you can really start to see a certain bias on all parts. And that's one of the biggest pieces to me. And that's what I really hope people start to look at in the future, which they really did enable the presidency to basically to have a shiny object constantly moving. It was constantly being mm. changed even throughout the day. So we couldn't focus on one topic. Right. To this day, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to this day, I'm almost taking screenshots now almost every hour or every two hours because of how much it's changing. Uh, but we can talk about more about that. Because since uh, COVID, yeah. it's just grown quite a bit. You just mentioned this as sort of something we look at in the future. But there is there is also something about the way it's put together where I feel like we're already doing that. Like we're looking at this as historians almost. Absolutely. And, and I think that the reason why that is because of them being back on the iPhone, you're seeing kind of the history as my iPhone changed, <laughs> number one. Number two, because it becomes more of a specimen because mm-hmm. it's back on the iPhone. And I think that's what helps bring this, that idea of you're kind of really looking at as if we are already in the future and because we've already forgotten so much of what's happened over the last three and a half years. That's why, and as you were talking about the media, how they're constantly covering every day, we're forgetting. I mean, people, when they're looking at these things in the galleries, like, I forgot about this. I forgot about that. It's like, wait a minute, this actually happened? That's right. And that's part of why we have that feeling of as if we're looking at this in the future. Yeah. So why don't um, why don't you sort of give a, a clear idea of what how it is you're looking for people to be involved in this? So what I'm looking for from people is the f- website fakenewsarchiveproject.com. I want you to be able to go up. The PDFs are free; they're downloadable. They will always be free to be a completely accessible archive, as I mentioned. But when you download them, you can actually open up PDFs on your computer, and they are keyword searchable. So if immigration is something that you want to focus on, you can actually search immigration and find what days there was coverage about immigration issues. The border wall, there's all sorts of issues that people want to focus on. And then once you find the pages that you like, I have online there as well, instructions on how you can take screenshots. And from October 14th to 21st, I'm looking to have individuals sharing on all their social media channels that they would like to the pages that are important to them, which basically means you're putting the events that are important to you back in front of the American people and your friends. And the way we'll be able to search this out mm. is by using the, um, the hashtags. We have hashtags readily for you to use on the website. 
And that way we can easily search what people were reposting because this will become its own archive of sorts with that in mind. And what we're really looking to do, as you said already, this is really truly nonpartisan. Even though people get hung up by volume one and two being very heavy CNN, I'm not saying CNN is fake news. That was just what I was recording for my son at the time. And later on, you will see that it changes right. to but CNN. But it, it makes sense because, yeah, they were, they were, you know, maybe at the beginning, the most attacked as being fake news, right, by the Trump administration. And so, it, it, you know, I, I want to clarify something. I was, I was saying how this, this also takes such a critical eye to the media, but it really is a critical eye to the cable news network industry, right? Absolutely. And that's where it's really looking at and really w those that are available on the Internet. And if you look at the charts that are available for media bias, everything that I've chosen, believe it or not, is in the middle of the road. The far, far right, mm. like Breitbart and some of the others, and the far left have not been included. So many of us think that CNN, Fox, ABC are very far or right or left leaning. But believe it or not, they're actually right. middle of the road. If you look at the scholarly charts that are out there for media biasness, and that's why, but it's still that sampling of all five of those. And that's where yeah. even Huffington Post makes it, makes it in later on, Bloomberg, just really trying to keep that middle of the road uh, media outlets involved. It, it really is quite a, a brilliant and enormous amount of work on your part. How much work was this? It's, I have not been able to escape the news any days uh, since um, inauguration, oh. really. And since COVID hit, there's been, let me give you an idea, volumes one and two. Volume one goes from election day up to one year after inauguration. Volume two is one mm. year after inauguration to 10 days after Mueller report. The original plan was to just have three books and have them be red, white, and blue. This was after I realized that this was a project, of course. Right. And then COVID and the impeachment hit. And that threw off everything. Mm. Starting March 2nd, um, volume three is literally 10 days after Mueller report up till March 1st. And that's almost wow. a thousand pages by itself because <laughs> everything was changing so quickly. <laughs> it gets worse, Michael. It gets worse. <laughs> volume four is March 2nd through April 30th. And that's 965 oh, pages. Oh, my God. May 1st. So that really is sort of the COVID outbreak, right? Yes, it really. And for me, that's, we were down in Houston, SPE, you know, I was there for PhotoFest. Yeah. But that's when it really started to really take media focus where that's all it was. And that's where I kind of, for some reason, March 2nd felt like this is when it's really hit. And so volume five also is just May 1st through June 30th. And that's another 965 pages. So now the project from election day to June 30th is 4,000 pages of basically looking at historic, the headlines. I don't record the stories It's because I just want the headlines for copyright reasons. It's just meant to be an archive. Oh, yeah. If, you're if you really want to read the story, I hope you go back and revisit that news channel. There are also right. one of the questions I get from a lot of people is, well, what about Trump's tweets? The only volume that has Trump's tweets in that would be volume three, and that was during the impeachment hearings, because that was his oh, okay. way of expressing his voice, and that's why that is actually there. Right. Other than that, I do not include the tweets. But yeah, like I was saying uh, before, what makes reading headlines interesting is that it is uh, a snapshot of our time as well, because 
headlines are written to get clicks and they're frequently not true to the story even, you know, and, and so that's why that's why it's so interesting to just see headline after headline and understand that it, it is about getting eyes on those pages sometimes more than the accuracy of the story itself. Absolutely. And that's one I think one of the other important reasons why putting them back on the iPhone rather than being newspapers is because, let's face Mm. it, we're a society now where everybody has some form of ADD or ADHD and we are just scrolling. So that the one one to two second attention span is really what you're seeing by seeing all these headlines. And that's the other piece to it because we are a headline society at this point. And that's where it's pulling that back. And as you said, there's so many times where you look at the headline, I click on the story, and the headline is so deceiving. And that's all of the media channels, uh, just to try to get you into oh, the story for the ads. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard it termed uh, doom scrolling. <laughs> I, I, must, I must admit, I participate in doom scrolling. Sometimes at three in the morning, I pick up the phone and I open up Twitter. It's the worst thing you can do, but sometimes I, I just do it. Yeah, I think we're all guilty of that. In fact, that's why I can't wait till this project is over. I think I have to go into rehab for two weeks without and just basically not have a phone <laughs> on me. Um, so I think no, your rehab is going to be, yeah, like a, a trip to the mountains with no internet. Oh, I'm going to tell my students and everybody, <laughs> after the election, basically, I f- the next inauguration, I'm done. I'm like, you will not be able to contact me for two weeks. I'll come back with this big beard. I'm done with society for a little while. You're going you're gonna to have the, the big red flannel shirt, the beard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And up here in Rochester, being so cold, I'll need to make sure it's a real beard, I guess. That's right. Oh. Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about uh, the project and I'll, I'll try to uh, keep promoting it as well. You know, there's, there's a lot more, like I said, I want to talk about with you because when you, when you mention uh, some people not having access to certain things, internet, things like that, um, you you started to hint at something I think that really interests you, and that is uh, economic justice, and it's in your other work, and that's definitely a follow up conversation that we'll have. Absolutely, yeah, no, it really does drive a lot of my work. Before we wrap up, did I miss anything about this project? We did forget to mention Rhode Island Center for Photography next Friday, the ninth. I believe it's the nineteenth. They're actually hosting a physical event. Was the whole idea for this event was originally going to be the unglued rebroadcast news? It was going to be physical. It was going to be on uh, June fourteenth, which is Flag Day, and Trump's birthday. Yes. Uh, obviously, COVID killed that. But Rhode Island Center for Photography is going to host an event next Friday. There's information on their website. It's the same event that was held at A Smith Gallery in Johnson City, Texas, in March where participants are going to be able to take the pages and rebroadcast what's important to them. He's also going to have a slideshow running on the building across the street during their gallery openings of the fake news pages. So people out in the streets. And the reason why I bring this up is if anybody has an idea on how they'd like to participate, it doesn't have to just be this social media event, which is October 14th to 21st. But if you have an idea, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'll have post my email as well so you can contact me. This, the way I look okay, at this good. archive is, yes, I assembled this archive, but it doesn't belong to me. It's not really my work is the way I think about it. Um, I just want people to use it to get the word out and relive history. And that's the biggest thing. That's why I've been open to anybody that has different ideas on how this can be put back in front of people. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I, I, I want to make sure that we get it all out there, exactly how to participate and the different ways to participate. 
Uh, so that's great. Well, thank you very much, Eric, for uh, calling in with me here. Such last minute, <laughs> short notice. It's all good. Thank you for helping <laughs> to spread the word, especially for this event, which is, uh, oh my gosh, what, four days away we're going to start doing this. And the other problem is how much right now I'm able to advertise this on Facebook and Instagram with it being filtered out potentially because of the headlines of fake news, it doesn't get filtered as much. So that's why I really thank oh. you for helping to spread the word through this show about this event that's happening. I've been emailing people as well that have wanted to participate and just running into some roadblocks. So I really appreciate your help in supporting this. Oh, yeah. My pleasure. Oh, yes, that's right. I, I, I almost forgot to mention that, Ed. You're, you're getting blocked because of the title. Yeah, I, I feel like one of those conspiracy people now that, you know, that certain things are getting blocked from being viewed from other places. <laughs> I'm watching my emails being opened up in D.C. So I definitely feel kind of <laughs> oh, man. like one of those people, unfortunately. So, Well, have no doubt you have an FBI record by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. And we may all have an FBI record. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you and uh i'll talk to you soon and like i said we'll do a, a, a full show uh down the road all right sounds good thank you all right talk to you soon talk to you soon all right. bye bye real photo show with michael chauvin dalton is a production of real photo show which you can listen to on all your favorite podcast platforms please rate and review the show on apple podcasts spotify or stitcher and be sure to subscribe on any one of those services or wherever you listen to podcasts